You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I am host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Day two of the NFL draft is in the books. It was a big night for the Kansas City Chiefs as they select wide receiver Sky Moore, as well as safety Brian Cook and linebacker Leo Chanel. We'll start things off with Sky Moore, followed by Brian Cook, and then Leo Chanel. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we will hear from General Manager Brett Veach, as well as Chiefs Chairman and CEO Clark Hunt, and Director of Player Personnel Mike Borgonzi. Here's new Chiefs wide receiver Sky Moore. Hey, Sky. Uh, welcome to Kansas City, and congratulations on being drafted. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What What do you What do you know about the Chiefs receiving group and what they have going on on offense here? And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Uh, really, I just know that Andy Reid and in, in the in the Kansas City Chiefs offense is a is a power offense, you know. And I'm just willing to become come in and carve out my role and be a part of the team. Well, what do you know about the receiving group? And do you feel like maybe you bring something that um, they, they, they lack in that receiving room right now? Yeah, I, feel, I honestly feel like they got a good group of guys already in that room. And and they're and they'll continue to have a good group of guys. And me coming into the room, I'm just looking to make it better, make it more competitive and, you know, just contribute what I can to the team. Let's go next to Matt McMullen from uh, the Chiefs.com. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Sky. Welcome to the Chiefs, man. Um, Thank you. I haven't watched you. How would you describe your game to Chiefs fans? What do you bring to the field? I'm a, I'm a very versatile, uh, tough, smart, and savvy wide receiver that you're getting. So I feel like a lot of your, the traits that the fan base has and, you know, the organization has is, is, in, is already instilled in me. Let's go next to Sam McDowell with the Kansas City Star. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Sky, can you um, just take us through your conversations with the Chiefs all the way dating back to the combine and then um, getting the phone call today? Uh, yeah, it was really just, you know, the normal normal conversation. It, it, it made sense. Like, I always knew the pick would make sense, but it was never any special treatment from the Chiefs. So, like, as far as, like, who, they, weren't, they weren't pressing me the hardest as far as, you know, like the Zoom calls or the, the visits and everything. So I say, like, now it's just a blessing to just be a part of such a great organization. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney with 610. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Sky, congratulations. Thanks. So you already interacted with Patrick Mahomes a little bit uh, on Twitter, and I was just wondering when uh, you kind of get the news of the 32 teams, you're going to be paired with Mahomes. What kind of feeling is that, and, and why do you think that maybe he could make the most of your game? I feel like just he's the he's one of the best – He's the best quarterback in football. That's why, you know, he's he's the best quarterback in football right now. And it's a it's just, a, like I said, it's a blessing to just be able to be on that team. Like, there's 32 teams in NFL, and I get paired with the best quarterback in football. It's just a blessing. Let's go next to Harold Kuntz with Fox 4. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Sky, and congratulations on making it. Everyone was discussing how dependable you were. Just describe how, as a receiver, you've been able to be so dependable out there and just with, with your catching ability and running up the middle. Just describe how you've been able to be so dependable. Oh, uh, I really just feel like those are the traits that I got just built inside of me just as a as a as a man, just being dependable, being uh, being there for my teammates when they need me and, you know, just doing my one eleventh of, of the of the job. Let's go next to Nate Taylor with The Athletic. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Scott. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. With uh, with everything that you've seen from the Chiefs, just watching them from afar, uh, just how excited are you to get the opportunity to run both routes from the inside and to show their versatility on the outside as well? 
Yeah, I'm just I, like I said, I'm I'm very I feel like I'm very versatile just as a player. And the Chiefs is the best organization, the best offense for me to uh, to complement my play style. And I'm just super excited to, you know, come out and be a part of this championship team, man. Let's go next to Matt Derrick with Chiefs Digest. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Sky, echoing everyone else, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Uh, one of the things you consistently hear about you is about your toughness, and especially for your size in the game of football. Where does that come from? Where does the the, the willingness to go over the middle and take those hits and, and do the things that you need to do, where, where, does that, where does that drive come from? Honestly, I feel like it comes from my city. Just, you know, growing up in, in the areas of Pittsburgh, we're a blue-collar city, so – that's all I knew. You know, it wasn't it wasn't ever, ever anything else. So I really just credit that to the city I come from. Let's go next to Sam McDowell, uh, Kansas City Star. Go ahead, Sam. Sky, just to follow up on what you said earlier, um, that the Chiefs weren't the team that was uh, pressing for you the hardest. Who were you talking to the most often during this process? Uh, during this process, I would say definitely uh, bu- like teams like Buffalo. Um, Teams like uh, Jacksonville were 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 the teams that were pressing me the hardest that I I felt I felt were like not I want I don't want to say recruiting because it's not college anymore but you know they were they were giving me the the most attention at the beginning and throughout so um, yeah and but I'm right now I'm just happy to be a Kansas City you know Kansas City Chief part of the kingdom. We got three questions left. We'll go right down the line starting with Dave Scretta. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, Sky. A lot of people are going to say, here's the replacement for Tyreek Hill or one of the guys that's going to help replace Tyreek Hill. What did you see from Tyreek? And do you see some of the things that he did that you can bring to this offense? Uh, just Tyreek was just a, a super versatile, obviously super fast guy, you know, just was able to be the, the spark for that offense when they needed it. And I really honestly feel like I can come in and take that same role, but just do it in my own, have my own twist on it, you know, and, and be able to be the best teammate I can be. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Sky, you used to play running back, and I'm just wondering uh, what the transition was like for you and, and what about the running back position has made you a better receiver? Uh, yeah, I played, I probably played, I played running back when I, when I was younger, and it was, um, it was definitely a, uh, not too much of a transition from receiver because it's it's just at the end of the day it's just you having the ball and go score. So that's how I look at the game. It's a simple game. It's just you know the the players the players that do the job is is what the difference is. And we'll go last to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Sky. Uh, you had a couple years of eligibility left at Western if you wanted to use them, but you put your name in for the draft. What told you you were ready for the NFL game? Uh, honestly, I felt like I just I was I was clicking on all cylinders mentally, and like going out every Saturday, I was executing to 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 the best of my ability, and I felt like I was just ready for that next step, just just mentally and physically. Sky, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for jumping on with us. Um, I'm gonna send you a link for our website, but uh, we appreciate you joining us, man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Hey, Brian, congratulations. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey, and Brad, I'll have a second question, too. But just to start off, Brian, what was your night like? What was your, your draft night situation? And, and what, was, what went through your mind when you got the call from the Chiefs? Uh, well, we saw the first question. Uh, it was I think it was a different type of feeling for me. Uh, I've been playing the game since I was four years old. So I think, you know, moments like this would be three months. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is to be able to enjoy my family. So that was kind of a, a definitely a great moment. And then once the phone call, uh, it's it's kind of ironic. It's kind of like you know, you been asking, you good, you good. I'm, like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And the call happened, and everything went to black noise. And just you know, you basically hear, I start hearing my heartbeat again. Um, so you know, talking to the coaches and talking to the, the staff and, and hearing the name being called was a uh, Feeling that a moment and never, never forget the rest of my life. So basically, that picture, you know, long story short, that's how to, that, that kind of went for me. 
And and second, um, you had a shoulder injury that kind of limited you a little bit during the draft process and everything. How is the shoulder doing? And do you think do you feel like you're going to be 100 percent when the do oh, report for the rookie minicamp? Yeah, shoulder's fine. I'm I'm ready to go, coach. Let's go next to Dave Scredo with the AP. Go ahead, Dave. Hey, Brian. Congratulations. Um, the Chiefs like to use a lot of three safety sets. They they like to use their safeties in a lot of different roles. Have they talked to you at all about where they see you fitting in initially and, and down the road? Uh, no, necessarily. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, they they put great things together. They have a phenomenal uh, scheme as well as staff. So I'm pretty sure whatever they have for me coming in is going to be the best opportunity, not just for myself, but also for the team to win. I'm just ready to, you know, be able to to help the teams get those get those W's. Good next to Nate Taylor with the athletic. Go ahead, Nate. Well, Brian, congratulations. With the uh, with the pre-draft process, just how much conversations did you have with the Chiefs, and uh, what was your just thoughts on what they sort of uh, envision you doing as a as a rookie? Um, you know, I think that they they're if I'm being honest, their their talks came. Earlier, um, not towards me, uh, I say like earlier, not towards me like, you know, one-on-one, it's more of a just by ear type deal. Um, but it was a it was a place where it's kind of like, you know, you look at where things could go, it kind of fits. And it was just a more feeling. Um, I think I met them to talk to the staff at the Combine, which is a, another, another great feeling. Um, I've been a fan. I have a fellow, you know, former Bearcat there as well. So... It's just one of those things that I talked to my family about. Like, it'd be, it'd be nice to play, you know, somewhere where someone also came from my same school years ago. Um, so, I didn't kind of answer the question. I only have, you know, the, the best answer for that one. But if I was, you know, give you an answer, that'd probably be the one I give. Let's go next to Todd Levo with 810. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Brian, you mentioned the former Bearcat. I'm assuming you're talking about Travis Kelsey. Yeah. He comes back a little bit, right? He was around you guys a little bit during your run to the playoff last year. Tell yes, me a little bit about uh, what uh, being a Bearcat meant to him and kind of any words of encouragement he gave you guys along the way. And then I'll have another one, Brad. Uh, well, so I, I'm a, I actually transferred there from, you know, years ago. So I wasn't really there there when he got all the speeches. But I was, I'm more of a, I, I'm more of an observer, if that makes sense. Like, you know, to talk to me as much, uh, just I kind of observe and, but with that being said, observing his his how he carry himself and how he the pride he has for the school and the love the school has for him, you can't nothing but you know appreciate that. Um, and then we saw him at the 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 Bama game, so it was it was you know just things like that. It's, it, it's moments like that is more important and it has more weight weight to it than any words you can say. So I didn't I never spoke to him personally, um, but his his. Uh, Energy he brings day in and day out is something that, you know, it's, it's obviously marks who he is, and he showed that in the league day in and day out. So I'm, I'm definitely uh, appreciative to have him, you know, as a as a former, formal Bearcat and, you know, obviously a former teammate now as well. I'm guessing you'll hear from him soon. Uh, secondly, yeah. if you could just describe for, you know, Chiefs fans what to expect your playing style to be. Um, playing style, you know, I think for me is – not going to change. I don't do what I do. That being said, like, you know, one guy said, you know, would have anybody have any questions as far as, like, what should we be doing or how you going to use it? I'm very versatile, so I think that whatever throw my way, I'm going to, to basically work, you know, and make it my own. Um, so that would be something I'm not going to change. Um, we're going to get the same person you see on college. Now I'm going to be more um, inclined to learn certain things, to different level, different speed. You know, things like that, but the energy and the style of play definitely won't change. Um, it, it took me this far, and so why why change it up? Let's go next to Pete Sweeney with six ten. Go ahead, Pete. Brett, I have a, a quick follow up here. Um, congrats, uh, Brian. How much did C Spagnolo really take to the idea that you can play all over the field when you had your discussions with him? How much did Steve Spagnuolo really take to the idea that you could play all over the field when you had uh, discussions with him and the rest of the coaching staff? Uh, we honestly didn't. We didn't like, really talk about like that per se. It was more of like he, I think he was also another observer, um, like myself. Where like it's hard to really explain it if you had to like kind of be in a moment. Um, but it wasn't to me like telling him how versatile it was because some people 
they, like they're they're really good at that job. That makes sense. So they knew things before I was able to open my mouth. Um, so I had to say I didn't have to say anything he didn't really know. I think like a lot of characters, you know, basically seeing who I am in person. Um, like the style of play, I have to, it took me this far. So, you know, I'm not going to change it anytime soon. And the great coaches that this staff has, the organization has, they, they definitely do their homework. Um, so they know what it's getting, you know, when, when they call my phone. So I think that's the most beautiful thing about this whole process. Yeah, so, so they knew. And, I mean, you've been described as that chameleon type of player. If you had to describe where that comes from, what would your answer to that be? Uh, well, Little little story. Um, I said I'm also a transfer. Um, recently, I transferred from uh, I played corner in my old school, uh, Howard University. Um, so being able to adapt from there and then transfer to safety at a different scheme, different coaches, and all that other stuff and different playbook, being able to adapt, um, it helped that process a lot more. Um, and I think just the overall love for the game, um, you kind of just grab things to be able to like try doing these and. I think the the biggest the best quotes I heard so far um, was you know be a, be still be a kid and that basically means you know like have fun with it and but that, you know have fun with it kids are always into things trying to figure things out so I'm very I'm very curious a lot of stuff it was helping me out get better um, so I think that's the biggest thing knowing that I don't know everything and I can get the most information I can by continuing to improve in different areas that is basically your answer as far as like how I became that chameleon if you will. Appreciate the comment, by the way. Uh, we've got two more, so we'll go Matt McMullen and then Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Matt. Brian, welcome to the Chiefs, man. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Kind of a similar question, um, but you're obviously very physical when you watch your games. How much pride do you take in being a physical defensive back? Uh, very, you know, very proudful. Um, you know, it's – I hate to say it, It's a game where it's a lot more flags thrown than, you know, I, I watched growing up. Uh, so learning how to really still be aggressive but be smart with it is a different type of skill. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's a game that I play based on the physicality um, with it. So finding ways to do that. But being physical is something that I started when I was young. Um, I, I'll tell you a story about it, but I don't want to take too much of your time. But just know, like, I, I wasn't always – I got smacked and things got turned around. So that's basically how that turned to – playing today um but you know it's a big part of the game and i think that that major part needs to be remembered especially those who came before us i say before us like you know, obviously like the greats safeties and people who was physical in the game we'll go last to herbie T.O.P. go ahead, herbie hey brian welcome to kansas city echoing everyone's uh, sentiments if someone were to describe your physical style as a heat-seeking missile how much would you agree with that evaluation uh, that's a great compliment, and I appreciate that. Whoever, whoever did say that, um, I would agree with it. I say that because you know the safety is a lot of a lot of things you have to get done, checks and formations and uh, packages and things you have to like basically know. I'm as well move around a lot. Um, but then you know once it's all said and done, once once the ball is snapped and a play you recognize the play, whatever it may be, once you realize that you got to you have to be able to trigger. Um, because as a safety, you have to be able to do what a corner does, what a linebacker does. So being a heat-seeking missile, if you will, would definitely helps me out. Um, but I would definitely agree with that one for sure. The locking on, and once you once you see the play happen and be able to trigger, that's a scraping the hat. So I'm, uh, that's something I definitely you know want to continue to work on and continue to improve on. Brian, we appreciate you jumping on and taking the time with us, man. That was awesome. Oh, no problem. Appreciate you guys. Hey, Leo, congratulations on being drafted by the Chiefs. Uh, how much uh, contact did you have with the Chiefs in, in leading up to the draft? And does this kind of surprise you that you ended up here? Um, you know, I would, I mean, I would say about like, like usual um, contact, um, did a Zoom call with them, um, talked a little bit at the combine. Um, so, I mean, it, it kind of was surprising for me. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people around me were kind of, guessing other teams like you know for example Miami at 102 or you know that was kind of like the last case scenario for me in my in my, in my head with what I've been was being told so it was definitely a surprise and it was a happy surprise for sure um you know seeing that call was was great Leo congratulations on coming to Kansas City man uh Steve Spagnuolo the defensive coordinator I don't know what the conversations you had with him but just what impresses you most about what you talked about with the Chiefs defense and 
And how excited are you to join a defense that is definitely turning the page to get a little more uh, physical with the guys they picked so far? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, you know, just coming into a franchise like this, you know, the culture is amazing. Just, you know, want to win, want to win, want to win, run it back. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to learn more. Um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of new to learn about the team, obviously. And I, I'm just so excited to learn everything I can about the city, the, the whole organization, the history, the culture. So I'm, I'm definitely new and uh, so eager to learn and so excited. Let's go next to Herbie Teopi with the star. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Leo, welcome to Kansas City, man. Thank you. For folks who, yeah, for folks who do not know your style of play, how do you think you fit in what the Chiefs do defensively and what are you hoping to impress upon everyone? You know, I, I think, you know, people who watch my game know um, I'm going to be most, one of the most violent guys on the field at all times, being physical with, you know, every single play that I'm in. And, you know, the areas where, you know, maybe I people would say I struggled in college, you know, I'm just going to continue to grow and grow. Um, you know, freshman year going into college, I was struggled with a lot of the things that you see as my strengths are right now. So um, I'm going to just continue to grow and adapt and do whatever I can to be the best I can for this defense. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney with 6'10". Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Leo, congratulations. Uh, you're built to be uh, quite the run stopper. Just what do you find the, the key to be just having a, a, such a knack for that part of your game? Um, shoot. I mean, it's just it's just love for, you know, attacking the ball. You know, I had, I had seven brothers growing up, so it's kind of having that mentality where it's like, you know, we got to attack. I got to be the, you know, the best. I got to do this. Um, so it's just that competitiveness that, you know, was instilled with me growing up. And obviously I was developed, you know, amazingly at Wisconsin. That's kind of what they do. So just putting that all together, it kind of just, you know, fit perfectly. And we'll go last. Oh, no, we got a couple more. We'll go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, congratulations again, Leo. And I got a couple of questions for you. But first off, um, you know, Brett really talked about your ability to play the, the Sam and maybe even help out at a couple of different spots and your versatility. Um, what is that something that you're comfortable with? And, and if so, you know, what is it that, you know, you, you've, does, does playing multiple roles appeal to you? Is that something that challenges you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm for sure excited, you know, because of that. Um, you know, just I was training out Exos in Arizona and I worked out with a ton of different guys, you know, who say like, you know, Cam Thomas, you know, I worked on like edge drills with him. I worked with Brian Asimo, Oklahoma. He's got really good DB skills. So I just I love pulling out like things that I, you know, kind of struggle in and just like working on those things continue to grow because a lot of, you know, certain things are unfamiliar. And I love I just love knowing that I'm going to get better every single day. And, you know, it's kind of scary you know, for, you know, opposing defense because I, I'm going to continue to get better. Um, like I said earlier, I like the strengths you see in me now, I, I sucked at those things like three years ago. So I'm just con going to continue to grow better or get better every single day. Um, wherever they need me to play, I'm going to do my best every single day. And you see, first you, you mentioned, second, you mentioned your family and I know you got a big family. What was your draft night and what was the moment like for you when you got that call from the Chiefs? Yeah, it was, uh, Three, three sides of family because I'm married, so I got my wife's side. My brother was there because um, he declared as well, so he's got his wife's side. Um, so we're all kind of packed in tight there. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of slid to where, where I was expected, but, you know, I slid to the perfect spot, and I'm so happy, um, you know, that I, I got chosen by you guys. So I'm, I'm just really excited. Uh, let's go next to Nate Taylor with The Athletic. Go ahead, Nate. Uh, Leo, congratulations. My question is about kind of what you mentioned earlier, your, your growth in college. Uh, what are you most proud of in terms of your development and where do you feel like uh, those traits have led you to that point? Yeah, so I, I would say that I didn't I, I maybe not did not believe in myself in my own strength and speed when I first came in. Um, you know, I was just thinking like I'm a small town kid, like let's see how I can kind of compete with these guys that are from bigger schools and, you know, more, more this or that. So, I mean, I, I just kind of like started believing myself and my strength and my speed. And I, I, I felt like, okay, Hey, I can compete with anybody out here. I can be the strongest on the field. I can, you know, run with, you know, any sort of guy. So, I mean, it was just kind of, you know, trusting my strength and building off that. All right, Leo, I think that's all we've got for you for tonight, but uh, we look forward to seeing you soon and uh, we'll be in touch. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We uh, had another exciting night tonight, and and we're certainly excited to add three more additions uh, to the kingdom. Uh, Sky Moore at 54, uh, playmaking wideout, kind of a combo, do-it-all safety, and Brian Cook at 62. Uh, and then our last pick there, uh, Leo from w- Wisconsin at pick 103. Uh, obviously, during the course of that process, there was exciting times up there with uh, our ability to trade back and, and acquire a fifth-round pick, which was important to us because um, we certainly see still see a lot of value in this draft. And then tomorrow, looking at our picks having a four and, and, and those – those handful of sevens there, just that big gap from the four to sevens. Um, when we were approached by New England there at 50, I had a few guys we really liked on the board and didn't want to do anything too crazy, but thought if it, if it made sense for us to move back a few spots and, and be active in that fifth round, it would be advantageous. So we're able to do that and, and uh, still land three really good players. So I'm excited about tonight and, and excited about uh, tomorrow's finale. So with that, I'll, I'll take your questions. Greg, can you talk about just the... Uh... With the first four guys you got, it seemed like for the four primary positions, you guys most needed going into this draft. Yeah. Yeah. And we joked about that too, that it's very rare when you go into the draft where you're going to have needs and you're going to have some, some holes you want to fill, but you also want to stay true to your board. And it, it, it was one of, the, one of those kind of weird setups where we were able to stick to the board, stick to the value, stick to the player's talent and upside. And yet, at the same time, address you know key needs for our team and um, going into this draft, uh, wanted to get more more depth in the D line. Certainly wanted to add uh, youth on the, to the secondary and then corner safety. And then um, I think this last pick with Leo allows us to um, to play Willie more at a natural position at the will linebacker. When now we have a Sam. Leo also will have backup mic ability, and you know Nick is so important to us. He he kind of runs that show. So now you have a guy that. You know, can play Sam and can kind of also back up that Mike position, um, have value uh, similar to a guy like Damian Wilson we had in the past, and, and we were kind of looking for that, and, and also gets bigger up front too in that front seven. So we're excited about that. Gonzi kind of joked that there was a golf clap when you traded back yeah. the first time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had a signature being a little bit aggressive. What was that phenomenon? Yeah, it was exciting. It was exciting. I I, I told Clark. Um, you know, I think I've everything checked off of my to-do list, and the only thing I had left was a trade down. So uh, <laughs> it was a special moment, and and we took a little time to celebrate that. So, and was it uh, like when you traded down, you obviously wanted a wide receiver, and then once wide receivers started coming. Yeah, so there was a pocket of of wideouts there we liked, and you know we had um, a couple players really close there. And uh, again, going back to tomorrow and, and having uh, the four and the uh, and the the four sevens or three sevens, just having that big gap. We were just concerned that there'd be a lot of value there that and we didn't want to miss out on. And um, as the board started to play out uh, and we got closer to our pick, uh, we were in the mindset that if we can get a fifth round pick and be active tomorrow in between four and seven, um, that would be something we'd be interested in. But we didn't want to go down into the into the 60s you know and it, it kind of worked out perfectly where we were cool with a small move but nothing crazy and then it just made sense it was just um a nice setup for us to move down four spots get that fifth round pick tomorrow and then get get a guy in sky Moore, um you know that obviously we probably would have taken their 50 so it, was, it, it worked out and you have to hold your breath there but um you know they're gonna be begging me to dra- uh, trade back all the time now so <laughs> That's a good and a bad thing, I guess, all at once. But it, it worked out, and, and again, we're really excited about the, the guys we're able to add tonight. With, uh, with, with Sky and, and trying to look at all the receivers because there were so many, 
Um, were there certain traits that you guys prioritized over others, or was it just a case of where you were picking that sky field, maybe most of those traits you were looking for? Yeah, I think, you know, we have a combination of, of size, speed, and, and, and different. You know, I think when, um, and we spent a ton of time on these wideouts, and, and we, we wanted to obviously, you know, do the work and talk about the scheme fit, but we also wanted to keep it a little bit more simplistic in that we're going to take good players, and uh, again, Coach Reed, Coach Bienemy, they're going to find ways to utilize the, these guys' strengths. Sky is unique. He's smaller, but he plays big. He has longer arms. Um, you know, he, he was a running back that he has it, that you know transitioned to wideout. Uh, it was funny watching his tape because it seemed like we were watching it forever until he dropped the pass. I mean, his ball skills were great. Um, can get off press coverage. Um, he plays big enough where you can utilize him out on the outside. Util, utilize him on the inside. Got great run after the catch. Great kid, smart. You know, pick up an offense real quick. So I think you know, on one end, I think if. Um, you know, when you're picking, I think there are times where maybe you're looking for something, but, you know, we have guys like, you know, MVS that has some size and speed, McColl has speed, Juju's big. So I feel like we have a good combination. Um, and now we just want to add the best player, um, regardless of size or, or height. Um, just guys that we feel are going to come in and be able to uh, contribute right away. And certainly this guy's one of those guys. Right for your first five picks, obviously, on defense, you enter this third day of the draft, what would you say – Offensive line, specifically an offensive tackle, is on your priority. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's right up there with all those players at those positions we picked today. But this was um, still sticking to the board. So where we, you know, had some of those linemen, it, it just it, it didn't work out. Where these guys were, were valued um, in regards to our rankings a lot higher. So um, you know, there were a couple linemen there that um, five, six, seven, eight picks that went before you know a couple of these guys that we took that would have been in play um it the board kind of plays out um the way it does every year and kind of the decisions go from you know six guys to four guys and by the time you're on the clock it's a couple guys and 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 a couple of those linemen um they were in the mix of those positions and then it just kind of worked out where they were gone and then we went right on to the you know the next value so the value was there it was just on our board and again when you talk about the numbers some of these guys for different reasons scheme fit and the medicals and all that kind of stuff. I mean, everything comes into play, so we may not have, you know, some of the numbers that you may see on, you know, the, the computer, what have you, but certainly it was up there. I mean, O-line and D-line is always going to be um, something that you value in every round, every draft. Um, but this was just us sticking to the board and the value on the board. When you have four seventh-round draft picks, how confident are you you might be able to package some of that to move into the fifth and sixth round? Or how active do you think you'll see yourself potentially doing that? Yeah, I think the fifth was big, and that's why we were so driven to do this because this could allow you to maneuver tomorrow. I mean, the seventh will be will be tough because yeah, I mean, I I don't think you'll be able to do just with the point value and, and the tiering structure. It can move you up small increments. Um, the fifth is what really you can make some hay with, and and that's kind of a chip right there where you can get two of those guys that um, you have valued in the fourth round there at four and five because there'll always be some carryover into the. Uh, fifth round with guys that you have on four, but it will also allow you to to maneuver up. So, for example, tomorrow when we come um, into the, tomorrow's draft, uh, we're sitting there, and then all of a sudden um, we have a guy that's within eight, nine, ten picks. I mean, the sevens aren't going to do anything for you. I mean, they're not going to now. The fifth, not, now you're talking. Now you can get up there. So that's why that was important for us. So the fifth is a big piece in this thing, and whether we stay there or whether we utilize this to move up in four. Um, I think that's where you'll see some of the um, the movement, and then the seventh just you know beating those uh, undrafted free agencies to the to the phone. It's hard, and, and you know you're going different directions, and the connections, and college, and coaches, and all that kind of stuff. We've done a great job of that, and our coaches have done a great job of helping us do a great job of recruiting these guys. But um, you, you get into the, the land of the unknown, and um, this really protects us for the guys that we really um, think have a a shot to develop into something. So, uh, again, that fifth-round pick is, is going to be big for us tomorrow, whether we stay there or whether we use it to move up. When it comes to Justin Reed and, and Cook and, to an extent, like McDuffie, it seems like they all share the scheme of versatility. Just how intentional has that been with Steve Spagnuolo and, and Merritt and what you're trying to build in the secondary? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a large part of the equation when we place that final value on guys on the board, just their ability to not be pigeonholed into the, well, they, they're just this or they're just that. And um, Justin's a guy that, I mean, he has a physical presence down there in the box, but also have range and, and vision uh, on the back end. And we thought Cook um, we thought Cook was a similar 
um, player in that, I mean, he's physical, he'll go down there and he'll play the run, but he also has range. Um, you know, I think we were a benefactor in the fact that he didn't have a combine. Um, you know, he was a small school kid that transferred to Cincinnati. And prior to the combine, I mean, we loved his tape and loved his makeup. Unbelievable interview at the combine. I mean, super smart. Uh, and I think we were a little bit of a benefactor that he didn't go. I mean, if he goes there and he runs 448 and jumps 38 or something like that, I mean, um, those teams start, you know, checking checking that tape out a little bit, a little bit more. But and and so that that worked out. And um, you know, we there was a little bit of, um, you know, because when we were sitting there with the Sky Moore pick, I mean, we had him and Cook right there, and and then we were hoping, and and it worked out that he was you know still there at 62, and you know at that point. These guys can go anywhere, and I was worried because I think Cincinnati was a team um, right before us, and and um, you know them being obviously right there and having access there, I was a little bit worried that they could go defensive back again, and um, uh, they did, I think, um, or I think it was a different corner. I think they went the Nebraska kid, who's a good player there. So I think we kind of thought this could be a secondary piece here, but and, and um, you know it worked out, and we got you know two really good players then, and and we capped the nine off with Leo that we think will be a Good addition for us. Brett, everybody, Brett, everybody knows that you need to be talented to play well at this league, but given the fact that you guys are talking about these interviews and how quickly these guys process and obviously having you know, multiple years of starters, how, how much of that element do you believe that these guys can maybe contribute earlier uh, than maybe you know, other prospects who are talented but obviously may not have the same uh, mental wherewithal? Yeah, I think it, it, it you know, um, I think it's certainly a factor, um, and this goes back to the mindset where, you know, in your off-season plans, you're going to do things and for specific reasons, and um, every year is different and unique. But it goes back to the mindset of like, you know, when we have Pat Mahomes, we're we're geared to go after this every year, and and certainly you want guys that have upside, but we also want to win now, and um, you know, we don't want to spend too much of this. Uh, too much of, of these resources into just you know waiting and developing and and we want guys to come in here and play right right away. Um, we're gonna need them right away. Um, we have big expectations and um, you know we we're okay with some developmental guys and our coaches have done a great job of that. But at the same time, guys like um, you know Trent and, and and George and and Cook. I mean these guys um, are gonna be able to come in right away and and be able to help us right away. And that's certainly drives us in the overall evaluation and how we place our final board. Well, you mentioned about how that, you know, Cook was one of your high, more highly graded special teams guys, and the other guys tonight certainly seem like they have some value there. How much of that is, you know, circumstance, just happenstance versus intention, and where do you kind of stand as far as, because there's a lot of snaps from your special teams, you know, last year that's not going to be back. Yeah. Where do you kind of stand in rebuilding that? Year? Um, yeah, I mean, um, are you asking about the final value or where we stand just... One is, you know, just how these three guys maybe were, you know, their special teams importance, mm -hmm. you know, plays a role in their selection and then versus just, just the overall mm -hmm. picture of how the special teams are right now. Yeah, well, going into this offseason and with all the moving pieces, you know, that was certainly an area. I mean, we're going to have, you know, you need corners and DNs, but also just um, in regards to the, like, totality of our roster, like, uh, we, we took a big hit with special teams and, and I think, you know, doing things that we did in Frazier with Bush and, and – and what have you, um, you know, we tried to kind of piecemeal that Carter Bush in some ways, but we also knew that there was a big drop off on, on where our roster, you know, was and where it's going in regards to the special teams. And this always comes in, you know, the longer the draft goes on, the more it gets weighted with special teams. So obviously, you know, your first picks, you're gonna, it's important, and but you're gonna stick to your board and you're gonna fill needs. And then as the the days go by and and the picks get lower, then you know, you know, these guys may not be starters right away, but they're going to have to play teams, so now it gets weighted a little bit higher. Um, you know, Cook and Leo are guys that were rated high, too, so that, that you know, that wouldn't have been a be-all, end-all, but that was certainly another added bonus for us when we took those picks. But, I mean, you know, uh, Dave does a great job, and we always, I mean, we know that when these games are, are so tight and you have to play so many of them, it, it comes down to special teams, and take a lot of pride in that, and, and um, we, you know, like to think that we never overlooked that, and, and um, anytime we may start to look the other way, Dave's right down the hall knocking on the door, so he's uh, always in there reminding us. But these guys are going to be able to come in right away too and help us on teams. Do you see much uh, return possibilities for Sky Moore? Yeah, I, you know we 
We think so. Um, you know, and, and, and look, we still have some more picks here. Now, that was one of the unique things where, I mean, his running back background and, and, and he goes to Western and didn't do a lot of that. Now, I mean, there's pro days and what have you. And I mean, a couple factors, you know, one, knowing that, you know, the kid's hands are amazing, his ball skills are amazing. It, I mean, it, it's also obviously makes sense that it would translate to return. I mean, there's also an element, though, you know, the punt return stuff is a little bit unique where I always feel like most skilled receivers, it's corners, what have you, can go back there and catch kicks. Punts is a little bit of a different animal, I think. Um, I do think his skill set should easily translate to that, but until you do it in a game, you never know. Um, I think he'll certainly get a look at that, and, um, you know, we like him, A, as a receiver, but we think that there could be certainly um, added value as a return of both punt and kick. Brett, this is sort of the first draft of the era that becomes the draft becomes even more important, obviously, with the, with the salary cap stuff. Do you feel more comfortable, not that you were uncomfortable, but just given the way that these, these first couple of days have played out? Yeah, yeah, we do, and I think it's a combination of, of you know, the, the talent, the ca- character, um, you know, again, going back uh, to the question earlier about the interviews and just knowing these guys are going to come in and, you know, the, the amount of time we spend, it's, um, we have more time now too because we learned a lot in these last two years with the COVID and the Zooms and um, now we're able to go and we're able to meet with these players at the Combine. We're able to assess kind of where they are and feel one way or the other. And then if we have some gray or if we're not sure, you know, now we can go back, we can go visit the guys on campus, we can Zoom them for as long as you really want. I mean, and, and that has allowed us to really, um, you know, fill out all the question marks we have and <clears throat> um, eliminate all the, the gray area. And so with guys like Trent and George and Leo and, um, you know, Skylar, like we left all those meetings, whether it be at the Combine, in-house visits, Zoom meetings, we left all those meetings like, yeah, this this is going to be an easy transition in regards to just picking up a playbook and knowing where it needs to be. Then you throw in the talent, and then you throw in the needs that we have. It kind of all work together. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Great. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Brett. Thank you. Well, good afternoon. First of all, let me just say how great it is to see everybody in person. Uh, this is always a very exciting weekend in the football calendar and also a very important one. Uh, We feel good about uh, the work we were able to get done last night with Trent McDuffie and George Karloftis, uh, two great additions to our football team. We think they'll really be able to come in and help us on the defensive side of the ball. I know Coach Reed and his staff is very excited about them. And uh, we've got two important days ahead of us with a bunch more picks. Uh, With that, I'm happy to open it up. Typically speaking, when uh, you make a move with the magnitude of, of sending Tyree Kill, a uh, player to another team, leadership gets involved. I was just wondering, what was that process like for you when you guys ultimately made a decision to make that move? Yeah, it was a process that unfolded over several weeks, and I was in frequent contact with General Manager Brett Veach about uh, the opportunity, uh, both uh, possibly re-signing him or or trading him and ultimately at the end of the day we just made the decision that it was best uh, for him to have a new opportunity and for us to to have the draft picks uh, to to add to our young players. Clark, do you uh, you anticipate having an international game this year? Uh, So the league will be playing a number of international games. Um, I'm hopeful uh, that will be one of them. Uh, if we're not selected this year, I think that we'll be selected in the next two or three years. Uh, obviously, uh, we would be excited to play in Germany if the opportunity presents itself. The other thing I want to just ask you about, I don't think you didn't go out to Las Vegas and come back already, did you? You didn't go out? <coughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> um, just it, as you envision uh, what this is going to look like next year, I know there's a lot of details to be sorted out yet, but what, what, do, you, what do you think we'll do for Kansas City and, and uh, how meaningful do you think that will be for the Chiefs? Yeah. Well, I think one of the greatest things that the NFL has done in recent years uh, is moving uh, the draft around and, and letting different cities hosted each year. Uh, obviously, it's an incredible spectacle uh, this year in Las Vegas, but it's it's been that way in recent years in other markets. And I think Kansas City is going to do a tremendous job. Uh, we've got a, a great setting uh, you know, near downtown with Union Station. 
Uh, it'll be fun to be uh, where we were for the Super Bowl parade. They'll bring back some good, good memories uh, for this organization for sure. But I think it's going to be an incredible economic boost for Kansas City and also just from a, a PR standpoint, uh, the number of eyeballs that will be watching the draft over those three days will be tremendous. And I also think it'll be a lot of fun. I, I think the, the citizens of Kansas City are going to really enjoy uh, getting to be part of the draft. What is the time to get serious about the next stadium, whatever that might look like, whether it's renovation here or something new? Or has that time come? I mean, when, when, take us through the next steps, if you will. Yeah. Well, I know there's been a lot of discussion about it uh, over the last uh, several months and, and maybe even going back uh, almost a year uh, to, to when the, the Royals announced uh, that they were thinking about different opportunities. Uh, for us, uh, the schedule is probably a little bit ahead of where it would naturally be uh, because of the, the Royals wanting uh, to be proactive. Uh, we have nine years uh, left on our lease. Uh, we're very happy in Arrowhead. Uh, we still think it's one of the great venues uh, in the National Fo Football League. Having said that, uh, we want to work with the Royals um, and, and try to help them accomplish uh, their, their goals, whatever that ends up being. Uh, we've started the process of, of evaluating whether you know, Arrowhead has a chance of, of going past the end of this lease. Um, that's going to be an ongoing process here over the next couple of years. Um, I can't give you a, a definitive timeline on that. Um, because we've started early, the good news is we're going to have plenty of time to, to make that evaluation and hopefully find a solution that not only works for the Kansas City Chiefs but works for the entire community. Kurt, what do you hope to learn? in that evaluation that can sort of sway it one way or the other or obviously um, give you more sense as to what the best option is? Yeah, well, I think one of the most important things that we'll learn is whether structurally Arrowhead can go another 25 or 50 years. Uh, we'll be celebrating the 50th anniversary of Arrowhead this year, which is really uh, hard to believe uh, because it, it still is a, a state-of-the-art stadium. I mean, it's it's really a great venue. It's it's one that I know fans from around the country enjoy coming to, uh, sort of making their pilgrimage uh, to, to Arrowhead. Uh, but it's a cement stadium that's been around for a while now, and we've got to make sure that it can uh, go beyond the end of the lease. And that's something that'll be an ongoing evaluation. So that'll be the first thing that we really need to figure out before we can think about the next step. In a scenario where the, the stadium could last past the lease, would you be open to maybe building up this area? Do you see more business opportunities? And I know a lot of people can <clears> think <throat> Legends, for example, or Sporting Place and yeah. something like that. Yeah, it, it's something that we've talked about over, over the years. Uh, our family is in the real estate development business here in Kansas City uh, through Hunt Midwest. And uh, in, in the past, we've just felt that, that the location wasn't uh, perfect for additional development. Uh, but times change, right? Uh, di different areas of the city uh, develop at different times. And I think that's something that we'll circle back around to as part of this evaluation. Obviously, uh, Mark mentioned that Kansas could even be a possibility. I mean, I, I realize it's, it's years away, but in an ideal world, where do you think you guys would be playing in a decade? Yeah, I, I don't think there's a simple answer to that. Um, certainly, my heart tells me that I hope it's Arrowhead, right, uh, because Arrowhead is so special uh, to our family. Um, the important thing, though, is that we find the right solution for the Chiefs and the community in something that can last, uh, you know, for hopefully another 50 years. John Sherman mentioned the fact that he envisions whatever the next stadium for them is going to be is going to be a public-private partnership. Is that what you envision for your next venue as well? Uh, well, we've had a tremendous public-private partnership uh, with the county, the city, and the state, uh, you know, since we've been in Arrowhead. And I certainly uh, would hope that, that going forward, uh, we'd have an opportunity to continue that. Uh, but I think it's a little bit premature for at this point. We've got to figure out you know, what the right solution is, and then, then we can work on how we can get it done. Mark, obviously you have to make a sound business decision with this, but I do wonder how, how when the time comes, you would have to reconcile the question of the sentimentality about, about Arrowhead. I mean, I assume there would be some challenge in that. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. From a personal standpoint, it's something that will be very challenging for me uh, and the family, uh, right, because uh, we have so many uh, great memories at Arrowhead. Uh, obviously, um, it was a special place uh, for my dad. Uh, in fact, uh, 
you know, he mentioned that if uh, he, he could pick one vacation spot in the world, it would be, be Arrowhead. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's not a decision that, that we're going to take lightly, and, um, and it's something that, that will be very tough emotionally. Do you remember, this is probably neither here nor there, but I'm going to ask, do you remember your first uh, times there? I mean, what's your first memory for yourself? <clears throat> I, you know, I, I actually remember uh, being at the opening game. Um, I, I don't know that I exactly understood what I was looking at, but I remember, remember being there for that. And uh, some of probably my, my fondest memories from being a child were being down on the field kicking field goals uh, with my dad, with, with Jan Sinerud coaching me. So, you know, th those are special memories for sure. We're closing in on World Cup site selection announcement. How confident <clears throat> are you feeling that it could be here? Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just compliment uh, the job that Kathy Nelson and her team have done in putting Kansas City's best foot forward. Um, it's not something I'm just saying. It's something that I've actually heard from FIFA that they were very, very impressed uh, with not only our bid, but when they came in uh, for the inspection. And I think because of that, because of all that hard work, we, we have a very good chance uh, of making the cut. Uh, it's going to be tough. There are a lot of other great NFL stadiums, right, that, that are part of this bid process. Um, but I think, uh, you know, because of the job that she did, because of the job that Sporting Kansas City has done in developing uh, uh, the market from a soccer standpoint, I think all of those are, are positives. And we've got our fingers crossed and they'll be hopeful when they make the announcement, which we expect in the next couple of months. Clark. Minority hiring process in the league once again took center stage during the offseason. Uh, Roger Goodell addressed it. I know it was the topic of discussion at the owners' meeting. How encouraged are you by some of the steps and some of the, the additions that the league has made to the Rooney rule and, and what needs to happen going forward? Yeah. Um, well, it, it's another subject that's received a lot of uh, coverage uh, this offseason. But truthfully, it's an issue that the NFL has been tackling uh, for at least a decade. Um, I think if you go, go back to the, the beginning of the Rooney Rule. So it's something that we've worked on. And uh, the good news is we've made a lot of progress in some areas. And the bad news is we haven't made progress everywhere we need to. Uh, probably highlighted uh, uh, by the need to, to have more minorities as head coaches in, in the league. Um, I, I do think w a, a big positive and one of the changes in the rule that was made a couple years ago is that uh, all the teams now have more minorities in the pipeline. And, and ultimately, that's going to lead to those people ending up as leaders of the organization. So I think that's a very important development. Uh, we obviously uh, lost one of our talented executives uh, to the Bears this year in Ryan Poles, a very good example of somebody who, who came up through our system, was trained by Coach Reed and, and Brett Veach, and now has an opportunity to, to lead a National Football League team. So I think that's really what has to happen uh, going forward is we, we need more people um, um, you know, in, in the organizations who will have an opportunity to get those jobs when they come open. Uh, you, had, you had two first-round picks, and clearly you've had number one <clears> picks before. But love like first-round picks have been unusual, so two is even more so. How, how was last night for you? Was that just a little bit more excitement? I mean, you're, you're usually calling mm -hmm. cool Clark Hunt. Do you get a little <laughs> bit more juice on draft night? <clears throat> yeah. Well, anytime you're around Brett Beach, you can't be, be, be calm and cool, right? <laughs> because he's excited, right? You know, no, no matter what, what you're doing. And having two first-round picks last night was not only exciting for him, but it, it was exciting for all of us uh, in the room. Um, you know, coming into the draft, it, it made me reflect back to 2008. Uh, when we also had two first-round picks. Uh, I believe we also had 12 picks in, in that draft, uh, at least to start, uh, as, we, as we did with this draft. And certainly that's one of the, the greatest gra drafts in the history of the organization. And so uh, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to reproduce something close to that. I think last night we got off to a very good uh, start on that. Um, uh, you know, highlighted by being able to draft uh, Trent. Uh, that, that was something that Brett didn't really think was going to be possible uh, going into the evening. And uh, when it looked like uh, Trent was sliding a little bit, uh, he made the aggressive move to, to move up and get him. And then at the end of the night, you know, we drafted two guys that I think will be able to help us not only in the future, but this year as well. Like with the uh, sports betting bill starting to uh, gain some traction on the Kansas side, what, what kind of impact do you see that happening for the Chiefs and uh, other sports in the area? 
Well, uh, we're, we're very supportive of legalized sports betting. We, we think that's a positive, really, uh, for every state. Uh, we, we know illegal sports betting has been going on for a long time, and so we, we think it's really best that it, that it comes out into the light, you know, where it can be uh, regulated uh, in an appropriate way. And uh, both Kansas and Missouri uh, have been working on it, and I think Kansas is close to getting it across the finish line. Uh, Missouri, unfortunately, you know, has a little bit of ways to go, but we're optimistic. I think if you, if you look at the nation, it's now legal in about 29 uh, of the 50 states, and so I think it's just a matter of time bef before Missouri is able to get it across the finish line. A couple more guys. How was the initial push into Germany gone? You know, what did you learn through that process? And then where does the team stand in kind of trying to build that worldwide brand, maybe surrounding Patrick and Andy and whatnot? Right, yeah. Um, so I think it's an exciting initiative uh, for the NFL to allow uh, the teams to market internationally. That's something that until this year was not possible. Uh, the Chiefs were fortunate to be selected to get to market in both Mexico uh, and Germany. And uh, we've established presences in both markets and have begin, begun those campaigns. Uh, obviously, if we're able to, to play games, uh, that'll really help accelerate that. We had the game in Mexico a few, few years ago, which uh, no, doubt, no doubt helped our standing in Mexico, and we would expect the, the same thing in Germany. But in the meantime, we're going we're gonna to be laying the groundwork uh, so that when, when we get there, uh, hopefully all the football fans uh, in Germany will know who we are, and then we can, we can build from there. Last two. A lot of folks, when, when Tampa said they were going to be having a game in Germany, put two and two together and put you guys there because it was the, the interleague game. And then Tom Brady came back. Did you guys have that game already? Is it, no, you said you don't know. You're hopeful in the next couple of years. Do you think that's still going to be the one? Yeah, that, that certainly is an opportunity from a scheduling standpoint. Uh, whether the NFL ends up going down that road, I, I don't know for sure. And uh, as I said to, to open uh, the press conference, um, if we don't get it this year, I know it's something that, that we'll get in the next couple of years. Last one, Adam. Mark, there's, as you know, there's been a lot of situations around the league where the quarterbacks or starting quarterbacks are unhappy with their uh, situations from Aaron Rodgers to Sean Watson, uh, Russell Wilson, some other guys. W what do you feel like maybe the Chiefs have done with Patrick to kind of make him, for lack of a better term, a partner, if you will? Yeah. There's some things you can point to. Well, I think you know all of you have had a chance to work with both uh, Coach Reed uh, and Brett Veach uh, here over the last several years, and one of the things that that makes them special is the level of communication between the two of them. Um, that that sometimes can be difficult. Getting your head coach and your GM on the same page can be, be a challenge. And fortunately, with the two of them, uh, they almost think alike. Um, and they're constantly in communication. And that's also true uh, with, with our starting QB. Uh, Patrick and Brett, you know, are frequently in con contact. And, uh, you know, when we're making significant decisions, they're keeping him in the loop so that he can be part of that. Um, so I, I recognize the challenge over a long period of time uh, because some of the quarterbacks you mentioned have been, have been with those teams for a long time, and it's you know hard to, to always keep that communication where it should be. But I, I think that's where it starts is, is including the player uh, you know in the thought process so he at least knows the why behind what you're doing. Are there some examples you can point to maybe? Um, I, well, I, I think the, the most recent one, uh, um, which was uh, – publicly discussed a little bit uh, was the, the trade for Tyreek. Uh, that was not a surprise uh, for Patrick. Uh, he was kept in the, in the loop on that. And, and certainly, um, I think that helped soften the blow uh, for him. You know, you, as a quarterback, you never want to lose your, your number one receiver. But, um, you know, he understands that uh, there's a business side to it, and, and we've got to figure out how to build a team around him that will have a chance to, to get back to the Super Bowl uh, over multiple years. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Clark. Thank you, Clark. Yep. Thanks. All right. Let's get started here. Um, so we had two picks here in the second round. Um, we obviously traded back at 50. You know, we saw some value to get back to 54. It was actually, you know, Veach's first trade back, so there was a big <laughs> kind of golf clap in the, in the draft room. <laughs> 
Um, so, you know, we were kind of looking at some of the guys on the board. We felt like, you know, we had some value there to pick up a fifth-round pick. The first guy we selected was Sky Moore, wide receiver out of Mich uh, Western Michigan. And then with the second pick, we took uh, Brian Cook, the uh, safety out of Cincinnati. With Sky, you know, this, this kid is, you know, not the, not the biggest guy, but he is, he is tough. He's dependable. He's smart. You know, versatile guy that will fit really well into this offense to what, to what we do. Um, you know, our coaches got to spend a lot of time with him at the Combine and also, you know, doing a Zoom call with him as well. And the one thing that stood out with this kid is he is smart. And if you watch this kid on film, like I said, he's not the biggest guy, but he is fearless across the middle. Uh, dependable, you know, for a smaller guy, he really goes up and gets the ball. Um, so, you know, we feel really good about, you know, fitting him into this offense with Coach Reed. And uh, like I said, he's a small guy, but, you know, he's able to line up inside, you know, with the speed. He can line up outside as well. Um, so, you know, just uh, really total package. Great kid. Actually, it's really only his third year playing wide receiver. You know, he came in as a running back. Um, so it's impressive to see what he's done here in the past three seasons. And in a monster year last year, 95 catches last year. Uh, at Western Michigan, and um, you know the one thing you just see with him, he's just dependable. You know he's a really smooth route runner, uh, gets in and out of his breaks really quick, um, and uh, you know he's going to be a, a really good asset to this offense. And then with the second pick, we took Brian Cook, um, you know, another guy who was, you know, from Cincinnati. He originally went to Howard, first couple of years, then transferred back home to Cincinnati. Um, you know, a guy that can line up in the box, he can play deep. Um, and in Spag's defense, he's going to find a role here, you know, because we play so many three safeties here, three safety looks. Um, the one thing that jumps out with, with Brian is he is physical. You know, he's a smart, physical player um, that is versatile as well. Um, so we feel really good about these two picks here. Um, so with that, I'll kind of open up the questions here. With, uh, with both these guys, I mean, toughness seems to be a big part of it. Um, first on, on Sky, you know, size-wise, mm -hmm. you know, he really seems a little bit like a D'Anthony Thomas type. Is, is that a fair comparison as far as that? Maybe yeah, I mean, the speed, the size and the speed kind of is similar. Um, you know, I think Sky is probably, uh, you know, at this stage, even though it's only his third season playing wide receiver, more of a, um, you know, crisp route runner. You know, everything he does is very detailed in his routes. Um, you know, but size and speed is, is very comparable. You know, he's explosive. And for a small guy, he can really go up and get the ball. And with, with Cook, I mean, in addition to playing safety at Cincinnati, he was a cornerback at Howard. Yeah. Is, is that an important piece of it, too? I mean, do you have a chance to look at him against Howard film as well? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the tape we looked at was from Cincinnati. Um, but we knew his skill set. You know, a lot of these guys playing safety now have played corner before. You know, it, you know some of these guys have to line up in the slot, cover receivers. So... The versatility is is big there, you know, for a guy like that who who is a bigger guy that can actually line up and you know play over a slot, play over a tight end, and it can also play deep, you know, something that was you know appealing to us and our defense for for all the different looks that Spags does with our safeties. We're, we, a lot of times we're in three safety looks, uh, so I, I think Brian will will find a, a you know really good role here, you know, as well as on special teams. You know, Dave Tobe was really high on him as a he was a core teams player in 20 for him. Um, and, and, you know, Tobe had him rated really high on special teams as well. Mike, what do you think about the, the four guys you've gotten as a whole, and particularly the positions they have in relation to what you felt like going into this draft you needed to address? <clears throat> yeah, so, like I think I mentioned last year, we're always looking at the value of the board and trying to marry up the need. Okay, so, and, and it actually fell to us this year again. We were able to fill some fill some needs, and, and, and as well as where they sat on the board, we, we weren't reaching for these players. Um, so you know, we feel really good about the last four picks that we've been able to not only get value for where we're at on the board, but also fill the need as well. Mike, when you traded the, down from 50 to 54, there mm -hmm. seemed to be like a mini run on wide receivers there. How many anxious moments were, uh, were, were going on up there that if, if Sky Moore was your guy that you were targeting at 54, were yeah. anxious moments that he could be off the board? Yeah, I, I think that's any time you trade back. And, you, you know, we just went back four spots. So there was an – and then New England ended up taking a wide receiver from Baylor at the time. So, so yeah, we were sitting there hoping that Sky would still be there. But, um, you know, it's something that we felt comfortable with at the time and would picking you, up a fifth-round pick. Sorry. Uh, would yeah. you have been okay with – 
any of those guys? I mean, Pickens would would have been the guy there, or yeah, we certainly liked all those guys, I and mean, we brought in Pickens. Um, you know, but I, I think we really, you know, we're looking at Sky. We wanted Sky. With the way you describe what both of them did in college, Sky and Ryan, is the is the value that much more enhanced when you see guys doing so many different things sure. at both positions? When you know the skill for the variety is for the skill set. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I think in our offense we want guys who have versatility. You know that we don't want to pigeonhole them into one position. You know, coach will will move them around and find the best spot for them. But you know, we felt like with Sky, even though he is undersized, that he has the speed to win on the outside as well. Um, and you know. With coach's offense, he's going to put them in the best spot to to be productive, and he's one of those guys we felt like we could put anywhere and Mike, be productive. Mike, obviously you guys like Juju and, and uh, Valdez Scantling and Cole, mm -hmm. but is there something Sky gives you maybe that you guys didn't have in that room before drafting him? You, you know, he, he's a good young player that, you know, the one thing that sticks out with Sky is he's, he's dependable. He's going to run the right routes, he's going to run them right, and he's going to catch the ball. Um, so I, I think that's you know, one thing you always stress with the wide receivers is, you know, first thing is catch the football. And that's the one thing that stood out with Sky is, you know, any opportunity, you know, contested catches, he was catching the football. And for a guy that, you know, who is undersized, he was fearless coming across the middle. Um, so all those things kind of stood out to us. And, you know, we felt as though, you know, he, he's going to be, you know, a really productive player in our offense. Do, do you feel like his size is a little bit misleading? Because, I mean, I, I would assume most of the guys went five, nine, and three quarters. You assume that they don't do those things. Yeah, listen, I mean, he, he's a smaller guy, but, you know, McCole's small, all, all these, you know, these different, all, all different types of wide receivers. But uh, he plays bigger than his size. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Right. Thanks. Thanks. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.